Hi, this is Gamer UK, and you're listening to Mazacast. Please remember, this is for adults only, so if you're not 18, then please find something that won't get you into trouble to do instead. Have a nice, kinky day. Hello, and welcome to another episode. Uh, it's been a long time. Many, many months. And uh, back again, but this is just going to be uh, one episode, and then hopefully, with any luck, uh, we'll be able to do a lot more in 2017. But uh, thanks to everyone who's been uh, emailing, asking if, uh, you know, is the show dead? And um, no, it's not. It's just on extremely slow rotation right now. So uh, this episode uh, made Rosie, uh, a friend of mine who, uh, you know, we've uh, crossed paths many times. And um, I was asked, have you ever had a, a maid on the show? And I said, no, but, you know, I've always wanted to have something of everything on the show. And uh, really glad that uh, Rosie took the time to uh, sit down and have a nice long conversation. So here you go. All right. You ready? Yeah, I think right. I'm ready. Okay. So uh, it's interesting because you and I have met several times. Are we started? Yes, we've started. We've recorded. Oh, okay. It's on. Uh, we've met a number of times. And uh, you emailed me, and I didn't recognize your username or what. And and um, you said, "Hey, uh, you haven't had any uh, maids on." Do, do do you say the phrase "sissy maids"? You prefer or either? Okay, I'm comfortable because I've with heard both. You know, so you've had, you yep. haven't had any maids on. Um, and I'm like, yeah. And I've always wanted to have. I want to have someone with just about every you know every stripe on the show. Um, and we went back and forth, and then. You said, well, we've met before, at Tro- and I'm like, God, how do you, you, you can't see the person's face, you really don't know. And then uh, I emailed Troy, we have a mutual friend, Troy, right. and she was like, yeah. And then she mentioned, you know, she kind of described it, and I'm like, oh, okay. Because first off, I'm an idiot with names, and I'm just terrible. Well, you and I met a long time ago at the Cat Nine parties. Oh, sure. This is before you saw right, it. Right, I right. think you were relatively new to the, the city. The Cat Nine parties, yeah. That was and a that long goes time back ago. a while. Yeah. And uh, you were this like fresh faced kid off the <laughs> right. off the truck, right? And uh, I, listen, I was an older. I'm still older, but uh, I remember those. Cat you know, I was yeah. as green sort of as right. you because although I'd been in the city, you know, I didn't grow up in an era with you know where kink was so readily available on the internet. Right, you know? it was in you know, newspapers and. Right. Back of magazines, right. you had to go to Kinematics and get a newspaper about it, or a Penthouse Variations or something. So hold that thought. Hold that thought. I just want to quadruple check something here. Okay, cool. I'm always always paranoid that I'm not recording the right side. So you know, at, at the time when we sort of met, which when the, when were those parties? Maybe the late '90s. Oh no, I, uh, I didn't move 2000s? here until 2005. So it would have been, oh, was it that late? Yeah, yeah. Okay. God, time goes. Um, Four, actually, yeah. Okay, so yeah, so it was, but it was right around that because I mean, as soon as I moved here, I started going out to places, and yeah, there were, there were, that's when they were. Um, is that so? That is that about the same time when you started exploring too, or you know, I've been interested in kink. Uh, you know, I'm one of those guys like from birth. I right, think right. you know the earliest I can remember being interested in kink was, you know, I hate to say it's so cliche, but. You know, the Catwoman, the Batman, the Catwoman. I loved Julie Newmar in that role. Wasn't much of an Avengers guy. (laughs) Diana Rigg, a lot of people were. I never was, but, um, you know, the Catwoman got to me. And then, you know, I found some adult magazines Mm -hmm. that one of them just featured the spread on bondage and the gear. Right. And I'm like, it just clicked. It just dropped right in. Yeah. And I've sort of often thought... About, you know, why was it that that got me interested in King? Was I just born this way? Did I grow up with a lot of strong women? Because I'm, I'm mostly submissive. Right. Um, although I do switch and uh, I'll sort of service top. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I grew up with a lot of strong women around. Maybe back in my era, dads weren't as engaged. You know, I'm not, I didn't grow up in the 50s or 40s. Right, right. right. But I grew up in the 60s and 70s. Dads weren't as engaged as they are now. Yeah. My dad was a great dad, but and I come from a great family. But it was mostly the moms. Yeah. You know, the moms were around. The teachers were mostly women. Yeah. And um, I was just with a lot of strong female role models. And 
is that it? Is that not it? Yeah, I don't know. Who knows, right? Yeah. But that's kind of so when I got, um, and it took me a while to really become comfortable with my kink. Right. I wasn't comfortable with it in my twenties. I knew I was kinky, but you know there wasn't the internet, yeah. and I was uncomfortable sharing that with anybody. And so I had, you know, I lived vicariously through various magazines and whatever was available in the vanilla media. But um, it wasn't really till the internet came out and I came into my more my thirties that I became more comfortable with, you know, kink. But just the fact that you can find other people or realize this is not just you, right? That's the biggest thing. That it's not just something that's written about or whatever. That's it's not just some weird fantasy, right? It's not like it's the difference between I used to think of it. It it felt as close to me as watching Star Wars was, you know, being a Jedi was the equivalent of having sex with a dominant woman. Mm -hmm. They're they're just fantasy. They're just, they're not going to happen. So when the internet came along and you find chat rooms or whatever, where there are other people who are actually interested in this subject, you know, granted there are people out there who are interested in becoming a Jedi, but you know, um, the fact that I was like, holy crap, this is actually a thing. This is actually a thing. It's not just some thing that they throw up on, you know, make pictures of that, isn't just fake that nobody actually does. It's actually something someone does. That was a real surprise to me. And I don't know why it was a surprise, but it was. Well, and then when you actually go to events and you meet people and, you know, back in the day I could go to Hellfire and the vault and some of the other clubs. I mean, those are two major clubs, but you know, just as you meet one person and then another person and you, you actually see people doing it, and then you begin to go to larger events and then larger events where there are more people. It sort of feeds on itself, I think, a little bit. And that kind of what got me. And just age yeah, got me a little bit more comfortable with. Just not being, not caring so much about, maybe not so much about what other people think, but or, or more so when you're, when you see other people who are like it, it's a little more safe when you reach a certain age because you have a little more experience, you know, behind you. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I think. You know, I, I hope I hope people don't object to this, but in some ways I thought of kink as like being gay. I mean, I've never been gay, so I don't really know what that's like. A lot but, of people think of it as an orientation. Right, yeah. an orientation. Yeah. But I think my sense is that a lot, some gay people, especially back in the day, were denying they were. It's, it'll go away. Right. Yeah. I don't want to be this way. It makes my life complicated. It's going to be hard to meet people. You know, and they sort of suppressed it until they get to a point where they can't suppress it. Yeah. And in some ways, I think of kink like that, too. It's yeah. like, you know, I don't want to be this way. I don't want to like what I like. You know, women are not going to be interested in that. Um, you know, it's just going to make life more difficult, put me at risk. Yeah. Uh, put my, you know, career at risk. Put, you know, just, I, I just want to set that aside and then... At some point, it becomes, well, you know, I can't set it aside. Yeah. So how do I says, dabble in it maybe a little bit? Yeah. Like I was, I think I was married for a year or two before I told my wife even just a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. Just a little, you know, I don't want to get into specific, but just call it like a little bit of bondage right. or something. And she's like, yeah, sure, totally, no, no problem. But, you know, just even to get to that point, I mean... You know, in my 20s, I had a girlfriend who was like, why don't you tie me up? Which was totally up my alley. Yeah. Totally willing to do that. Happy as a clam, fantasized about it, wanted to do it. But I just turned to her and said, no, I, you know, I can't do that. That's too it's too out there. I couldn't open the door even for something I wanted to do. Yeah. With somebody who wanted to do it. No, I I totally agree. I know. Yeah. I, 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 I've been there early on. I... I because I, in my case, I had always pictured myself in one specific position. First of all, uh, being not not being the dominant, and when it was presented to me very early in my twenties to to do some BDSM, but it was in in the dominant role, um, it, I was totally disgusted by the idea. But you know, if I, of course, if I had paused and thought about it, you know, I probably would have been okay with it, but. Because she just popped it on me and there were no hints ahead of time. And it totally took me by surprise because this whole time I was trying to think of how I could bring it up to her. So when she brings it up to me, 
I was like, God, no, I, I can't do that. Because I also thought, well, I can't be violent to a woman. You know, that's, right. that's just horrible, you know. And I remember she wanted me to choke her once. And like we were having sex and she put her hand, my hand on her throat. And it was this, she was really p- trying to push it really hard on her throat. And I'm really trying to pull back to not. So mm-hmm. we have this opposite fight of instead of someone trying to, you know, if someone, normally if someone's trying to choke someone in a non-sexual manner, the, the fight is to push the hand away. Well, she was doing the opposite and I was doing it. So it was the exact opposite force. I'm like, no, 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 no. She's like pulling it as hard as she can to get it on her neck. But Right. For but something you kind of, I don't know if you wanted to do it, but something she wanted done. Right. And maybe you're both now in hindsight willing to do it. But, you know, early on, I think you don't know yourself, you're not yeah. comfortable with yourself. It's just so strange. And uh, I, I just think it, it really maybe takes some maturity yeah. or, I mean, I'm, I'm with you for the longest time. I had a hard time watching a woman get spanked, watching anything. Yeah. I'm like, don't women have enough problems in this world? You know, <laughs> you know, underpaid and guys harass them and, you know, and whatever. Don't they have enough problems without people beating them? Right. So even at kink, you know, BDSM events, I, I would just walk away from I still that. Can't. I didn't want to see unless it. it's a really light spanking scene or something like that. But if it's something really intense, I can't watch it because it, it, it takes every core of my being to not go up to the guy doing it and just deck him. However, if it's a female doing it, then I'm like, oh, that's okay. It's totally mm-hmm. consensual. They're both on the same level, right? They're just. But for some reason, if it's a guy doing it, I just can't. Well, the guy doing it sort of reeks of, you know, domestic abuse and life beating and sort of what you see is what you've been told all your life you're not supposed to do. Also, it doesn't help that so many male dominants are douchebags. It does not help. No. (laughs) But, you know, I kind of got over it because for the same reason why I like having things done what I like doing, having done to me. So really, I mean, it's only fair that women, as as totally, I believe, feminists, yeah. to have the view that if women want something done to them, and that's what they want, yeah, sure, then it's okay. And you know, since I've evolved, I have flogged many women, some hard that I can't even believe. I'm like, I can't believe you're taking this. This is right. really hard. Right, right. Like no more. Right, no more. Right. I'm like, I couldn't take half of this. Right, right. But, uh, you know, and if that's what they want, then I'm sort of willing to do it, um, gladly willing to do it. But it's taken an evolution to get there. I remember having a conversation. I was at a kink event and uh, a woman approached me and she thought I was a dominant. I don't know why. I mean, it's not like I was walking around doing anything. Well, you're a guy. A guy at a oh, kink okay. event, sure, most sure. of you are dominant. Yeah, you're right. And um, so she walked up to me and she was like, hey, so and, and so we were kind of flirting with each other. We didn't know. I just... I assumed, well, isn't it obvious I'm submissive? I don't know. And the more we talked, the more you know, we realized that she was looking for a dominant. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't. And she's like, really? Not even a little? And I found myself having, again, the opposite conversation with her where there's a lot of dominant guys who will talk to dominant women and say, well, you just haven't met the right dominant guy yet. I was saying to her, well, you just haven't been, you know, properly worshipped. That's why you're not, you know. <laughs> That's why you just haven't, been, you know, you just haven't been really served really well before. That's why you're not. Done. Well, I never try. I, at least I've never tried to change anybody. No, no. I was just I saying, this is very early on. People, I would never do this today, but this right. is very early on. Today. I have tried to convert people to rope. I'm like, what do you mean you don't like rope? <laughs> you know, have you ever tried rope? It's right. like, you like bondage, right? right. Well, why not rope? Rope's right. like bondage even better. Right. So it's funny, you know, and I, we're probably going off on a tangent. No, now, that's what but, this whole thing is for. Um what are you, your not exactly your first podcast. Your second, like after your initial test one, uh, was I think it was called Big Rope Hug or the Rope Hug. Yeah, it was Troy, I believe. Yeah, yeah. although she wasn't mentioned, right? Um, she was. I forget. That what was the very first episode. It. Yeah, yeah, right. And that's how I feel like about rope. Right. I'm like it's like a hug, and right. you can put it all over you, and it's just like this big. She called it a hempy hug. Yeah, for hemp rope, and uh, that's how I feel about it too. So, you start going to kink scenes, uh, kink events, and did you already have ideas of things you wanted to do already, or like, or were you just like, I'm just going to explore everything, or how how was it? I knew I was always interested in 
bondage. Mm-hmm. And I think when you really go back to it, and this probably morphs into the sissy made thing, um, in that I was interested in control, really just wanted to be controlled. And, you know, again, maybe does it go back to, I, I'm not a big believer in trying to trace the roots of these things because ultimately, who cares? And it doesn't really matter. You are what you are. Yeah. But um, it's just, I, I just like giving up the control. And uh, bondage is a pretty big way to do that. Yeah, of course. Or effective way to do that. Yeah. But then just, you know, to be made to kind of do things. Um, and not like sexual things, just anything. You know, walk over there is fine. You right. know, just do it because I'm telling you to do it or because I'm forcing you to do it. You've got no control over doing it. And um, so that I'm not a big role play player. You know, I'm like, when I visit, I've visited pro doms. Mm-hmm. Still do some, not as much as I used to. But I've never been like, well, let's do role play. Yeah. I'm not a role play. I'm like, you're the dom. I'm a sub. Just tell me what you want to, yeah. me to do and I'll do it. Yeah. But, you know, you know, I have done some puppy play and pony play and you could say the sissy mate thing. It's just, again, as sort of a means of control and yeah. being told what to do. And you're going to do it for whatever, you know, because it's. So I guess it's part of the role play, you'd have to say. Yeah. But I'm never like, oh, well, I'm the naughty schoolboy. Right. It's not my kind of role right. play. Right. No. And I don't mean to laugh at for anyone who's into that. But right. I feel I'm the same way. I just can't. I don't know what it is. For me, it's just the reality is enough. And But, again, I wish I could. Because I have friends who are totally into that. And they just love it. And I wish I could, you know, find whatever there is. And I'd love to keep trying, you know, I guess. But I'm not going to, you know. I wouldn't like I said like like you said I wouldn't go searching it out or whatever but uh, because in in my mind well what's currently happening is perfectly hot with me I don't need some I don't need a reason you know just you know just to ask me to do whatever and I'll do it right um, yeah so you mentioned you did, did puppy play and I've had people who were puppies on the show and I've had other people who have this sort of alternate persona when they're in certain types of play. Is the same thing when you're? Do you do you consider it a different kind of persona or a character when you're in Made? I do, yeah. I do. Now I'm not in Made Gear now. Right. I'm just in my regular clothes. Well, we can talk about this a little bit because <laughs> um, you said you originally you, you 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 mentioned coming over and having your maid outfit on, and I was like, well, that's not so much. You know what we kind of do, right. and for for several reasons. And again, this we've had this situation many times. So, and I don't want you to feel bad about thinking about because actually, that's no, is, I don't feel bad at all. No, no, okay. But because um, we we I did try it once with someone who was into what were they? It was in they were into daddy daughter play. It was a couple, and I found that if they were in character, uh, while it may have been entertaining to listen to. It wasn't informative, at least in that situation, right? It was really hard to, because it was, ta- it was still, again, it was talking to a character. And it's hard for, especially if someone's doing like um, regressive child play, they can't talk to it about it as an adult, right? They can't really analyze it. Um, but also, it was also a little uncomfortable because it was like, well, here are th- here's two people, they're playing, they're experiencing their kink in our place, right? And I've got to sit there later, you know, and I've got to sit where they are currently like fingering each other or whatever. I'm like, that's not, I don't want to be sitting, we're watching, you know, the West Wing later here at home. And I have to remember that this couple was just a few minutes, you know, and so I was like, so because it's our place, uh, I was like, no, let's not do that because for several reasons, you know, um, and I, I would be interested maybe down the road, we could, I could talk to you as your per, your alternate persona like we could go to a dungeon somewhere and we could, or some other place and we could sit down and talk. Cause that would probably be interesting. Right. But because of these different factors, and again, I don't want you to feel bad about this at all. Yeah, totally- I, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, this way I can talk objectively about right. it without sort of being in, right. in character. And, you know, from your standpoint, you don't know what you're going to get. Right, right? right. You don't know what's going to walk sure. through that door. Sure. Or once I change kind of what that's going to be all yeah. about. And, I know other sissy mates. I don't know a lot of them, but I've been around them. And they sort of really run the gamut from right. quite flamboyant 
to, you know, a little bit more down to earth. Um, so it's a really kind of wide range spectrum as maybe anything in King Kids. Well, this kind of, let's, this brings up. As for, but for just to finish the thought. Yeah, yeah, sure. For me, I'm exactly the same. Right. <laughs> I could be sitting here in, in my outfit and dress and, uh, I would be exactly the same. And, and that's by choice. I mean, sure. that's a decision I've made as to how I want to approach the character. But I do really feel as if it's a different person. I sure. mean, when I'm rosy and when I'm wearing the outfit, I do feel like a different person. I act differently. I, yeah. My voice changes. Um, and it allows me to kind of go outside myself, outside my regular self. And maybe do things you wouldn't do normally because of this persona, right? Or, exactly. Or maybe have more confidence in some areas or less confidence in some other areas just because of this situation. It, it fits your, you know, it fits the situation that you're in, I guess, or the kind of place. I guess, you're I mean, it's, it's like sort of like the clothes make the person yeah. and that, those clothes kind of make me. Sure. And... uh do you want to talk about kind of how I got into it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, I it's not where I started out. I started out very guy-submissive, spanking, bondage. Kind of your typical, I don't want to say average male-submissive, but kind of. And But I, you know, and I go through phases of things I get interested in, and they sort of run in spurts. Um, they, they can cycle in and out, but I sort of got interested in high heels and my wife does not wear high heels. By the way, I will say my wife knows about this. Mm -hmm. She has not always known about Rosie, right? but we had a reckoning a few years ago and, uh, I felt like I really needed to share that with her. Right. And at first she was like, that's fine, but I don't want to see it. I really don't want to see it. I don't want to know about it. Um, Which is actually do, a surprise. I mean, that's pretty good. That's a lot better than what I would expect. Well, I will say, I don't know if she's ever going to hear this or not. Maybe not, but she's amazing. Okay. She really is fantastic. We have a great I think thing I mean, going. I once, I think. You definitely did meet yeah, her. Yeah, right. Okay. And she's up for a lot of things. She's, you know, as Dan Savage would say, she's good. She's giving. She's game. And we've had a lot of fun adventures. Right. Um, so, but she didn't want to say that, which was totally cool. I was pretty happy kind of not to show her Rosie because once you see that you cannot unsee it. So I was a little nervous about that, but we've been to, you know, fetish events, Hellfire, S&M club paddles, and she'd met other cross dressers say, mm-hmm. not that I consider kind of what I do cross dressing. I and mean, we can talk about that. Yeah, I was but, ask you, yeah. Um, you know, for one of a better word, let's say cross dressing. Right. And she's, been very, you know, very, you know, kind, very warm. She doesn't get put off by cross-dressers. So you'd think I would have been pretty comfortable with it, but it's a pretty vulnerable and it's pretty, uh, it's a pretty big risk, I thought, to take to yeah, show her. Sure. So we talked about it for a while. Um, and, uh, but then, uh, so, and then eventually now she has seen Rosie, we've done a few things, she's bought me some things, and um, I wouldn't say we do it a lot, but, so anyway, this goes back, so she doesn't wear high heels, and I'm like, I'm really into high heels at this point, so I'm just going to go get a pair of my own, and let's try that. So I did, I I used to go by the shop occasionally for work, Uh, I used to pass by a shop called Glamour Boutique. It's in Massachusetts, okay. not too far from Boston or Worcester, kind of that area, Auburn, Massachusetts. And um, I went and got myself a pair of heels. And the Is people, this a place specifically for? Yes. Okay. Crossdressers. Right. Yeah. That was my Crossdressers, right. yes. It's a great store. And, and, you know, I think back in the day, there used to be some in New York, where there's stores you could actually walk into. Oh, wow. But I don't think there are anymore. It's all moved to the internet. But this store still exists. It's a physical place. It's small. It's cramped. It's full of stuff. And the people there are great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not promoting them. I'm just, yeah, sure. that's sort of where I, I went. So I went and got the shoes. And while the, the person there was uh, 
I'll start puttering around. I'm like, oh, let me walk around the store a little bit. And I walked around, I'm, you know, like you do maybe at a clothes shop. And I just came upon this sissy dress. And I describe it as like in Harry Potter, you know, the wand right, chooses right. you. Oh. Yes. Right. This dress just chose me. Right. It, I saw it. And yeah, the, the heavens opened, the angels sang. Right, right. I was blown away. And I'm like, I have to have it. Just I have to have it. I'm not leaving the store without this. And um, so that's what I did. And I got a few other things to kind of go along with it. Like a wig and maybe some hose and kind of enough to kind of get the outfit going. And it's it's a nice outfit. I mean, it's not a Hollywood sort of, not, not Hollywood, um, Halloween right. sort of cheapy. I mean, it's a full yeah. outfit. And it's complete and um, nicely done. And I just got it. And actually, oddly enough, on the, I was on my way. There used to be parties at a place called Labyrinth, which is a dungeon owned by a professional dominatrix here in New York. And back in the day, she used to host parties. And I was on my way there. And I called her up. I'm like, do you mind if I put the, you know, I just got this. Do you mind if I wear it? Right. She's like, no, whatever. That's fine. And I put it on, went to the party, put it on. And I had a great time. People were like boarding me around and getting drinks and, you know, just engaging with me as this. And it was a ton of fun. I loved the way it looked. And I think and that's kind of where I got started. Yeah. And sort of one thing led to the other. And I just, you know, as you do, added more pieces and more pieces over time. Didn't get a lot of opportunity to say, dress outside the house, you know, occasionally in a fetish party. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I enjoyed it, and I, it wasn't a thing where I would go home and put it on. I wasn't that. A lot of people, I think, do, but that wasn't my thing. Right. Occasionally I would, but mostly you, it was... it's about being around other people. Kind of, right? yeah. It's like walking around with rope. You exactly. know, it doesn't really do the same thing. You know, I sometimes think about it like... Like, you know, guys in chastity, they all want you to know they're in chastity. <laughs> right? Yes. They all do. They take pictures. They put them on the internet. Yeah. They're like, they're They'll talking about it. on their website to how many Yeah, days. I mean, they got the, sometimes the, you know, the chaps that show it. And right. They definitely want you to know. And funny story, you know, I once went to a fetish event. And uh, <laughs> I just happened to be with a dom sort of just before then. She's like, wait, you're going to this chest? Did you go into this fetish event? I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, will your wife be there? I'm like, no, you know, I'm just going by myself. I'm like, well, you can be in chastity the whole time, right? I'm like, well, no, not really. She's like, well, why not? I couldn't think of a reason why not, because of course there was no reason. Right. Why not. So she's like, okay, I'm going to put you in chastity and stay in chastity until the end of this event, which was so it would have been like a full week mm-hmm. at that point in chastity. So, I mean, the first thing I do when I get to this event is go buy a T-shirt that says, I'm in chastity. Right, right. Because what's the fun of being in chastity if nobody knows? Right, right. Right? So, in some ways, that's, for me anyway, like, the sissy made. I mean, what's the fun of doing it if you're just doing it for yourself? Yeah. And I'm sure for a lot of people, there is that fun. They do sure. enjoy it. Yeah. But that's kind of not my thing. Right. So. Because for I, you, it's, uh, you, it's from what it sounds like, it's about the control. And so it's about sort of, I mean, that's part of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it's also, I mean, a lot of times, and I don't do this at every fetish event, I do it pretty rarely at fetish events, actually, because if you go to a fetish event as a sissy maid, you're probably going to be alone the entire night. A lot of people just do not know how to react to you. Mm-hmm. You know, cross-dressers in general, I think not everybody. I'm sure there are some. You probably know some that get a lot of attention everybody's really cool with. But generally, a lot of cross-dressers, people are, I don't know how to handle that. Yeah, it depends on the event, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And so you get what I found when I've done that at events. Most people kind of give you a wide kind of berth because they're not really sure what's going on mm-hmm. or what you're all about or for whatever reason they give you – 
And then you'll get the one or two people, usually women, but not always, who are like really into it, who love it. Right. Like, oh, my God, I love sissy maids. Right. And, you know, sometimes they'll just sort of clamp onto you like a limpid mine. Right, right, like, right, boom. Right. You know, or they're like so excited. Right. And so you can get those. Yeah. But most people kind of give you kind of a wide sure, yeah. berth. Right. Because they're like, what's going on here? So uh, so I don't do it all that often because yeah. I don't want to be alone. <laughs> right. Sure. Friends, uh, mostly. But um, but when I, you know, when you, when I do it, it, I often think, you know, what does a guy do at a fetish event? Right. There's no like. A lot of clothes, women get latex, a lot of them leather. Yeah. They can kind of glam up. What does a guy wear? Right. I got one outfit, right? Leather. Right. You got the one outfit. Right, right. Which is usually black pants and a black t-shirt. I got leather pants and a t-shirt. That's it. Yeah. You got leather pants and a t-shirt. Some guys go with the kilt. Right. Yeah. And I want to say, I don't speak for all sissy mates. Right. I speak okay. for myself. Yes. Yeah. And there's a wide variety of people yeah. who do it from people who are very closeted about it. To there are some who walk around twenty four seven. I'm sorry, I actually cut you out when you said you were you were saying, "What does a guy wear?" Right, and you right, were saying kilt and is right. one thing. So, but, what does a guy wear? Right. This gives me something to wear sure. if I if I want to go that way. Yeah. It's something to wear. It allows me to kind of not be, frankly, a middle aged white guy. Yeah, who is kind of. Who at most parties is the bane of most parties, right? Most parties, you know, middle-aged white guys, the creepy guy, they, they don't like that guy. And and it's it's unfair to say, and maybe I'm wrong. I, a lot of, you know, there's a wide variety of experience. But, you know, what do people want at parties? They want, you know, women and they want couples. The last, the very bottom of the list or single middle-aged white guys. Sure. It's one of the few places that, that we... <laughs> right. Cry for me, Argentina. Right? It's like, oh, poor middle-aged white guy. But, at a, you know, at a fetish party, it's right. like, you know, unless you're kind of hip, kind of cool, right. kind of whatever. It's, no, I totally agree. sort of no, no, disadvantaged. But if, at least if you do the sissy made thing, you may still be alone, but at least you've got a reason to be right. alone. Um and there's also the chance that some people are kind of really into it. Yeah. Um, and but at least it gives you something to do. Yeah. It gives no. you a persona. Gives you something to wear. There, I've got a couple other choices that I occasionally bust out. But um, you know, that's that's one way to go. It's um, so. Can you describe your alternate persona? I mean, how? I mean, you've talked a little bit about how how it differs physically. I like your voice right. changes and. Um, is there anything that you would say or do in that persona that you wouldn't say? Like, are you more confident to approach people in that persona, or is there something that's that that uh, changes for you psychologically while you you know do it? Like, is there? Uh, I'm just I'm curious outwardly more submissive mm -hmm. um, from uh, the way I don't look at people. I tend to look down at the ground or just be very submissive. Obviously, submissive, not simpering. I think there's a big difference. This is not old mistress, you know, twittering around and right. simpering, which it's is a good word. It's a I good believe word. that's um, just from my own standpoint. I believe that's annoying and personally off-putting. Yeah, high five there. <laughs> there you go. I think there's so. A lot I'm of not that, I, and I don't think any. A lot of women tell me they don't want that. Yeah. Um, nevertheless, I'm deferential, submissive, um, service-oriented. I mean, I think the defining quality of a maid. Is service oriented, mm -hmm. and it sh it should be. Now, you know, I've seen a variety of maids, and for a variety of maids, the maid thing is all about the is about them. I'm the maid. Look at me. Yeah. Play with me as the maid. You know, and and that's a way to go. That's not the choice I've made. For me, it's about how can I be of service. Um. How can I, you know, make your life better in some way? And if there's not a way, then I'll go away. Yeah. But, um, you know, and that, that I think is more something that has been a better approach for me. I think people tend to like that more. One of the things I did want to ask you, but I wasn't sure 
how to bring it up, but you already brought it up. So I feel much more comfortable. So you, you mentioned how there's a lot of, and again, we're not speaking, you're not speaking for all maids out there, but you mentioned how there's a lot uh, of maids who kind of make it about them. So there's a, there's this thing that uh, would happen quite a bit where um, Shad and I would go to a party or something and uh, a maid would be there and they'd be, you know, doing service and they'd like bring, you know, drinks around or whatever. And as soon as they, you you, you took the drink from them, you know, thank you, they'd say something like, uh, you want to pull on my balls to thank me or if you thank, want to thank me, you can, you know, give me a spank or something. And it was a little, and it had nothing to do with the fact that they were made. It had everything to do with someone who is kind of imposing a thing on you. Does that make sense? It's almost like, um, I don't know, it was just, it was sort of like, if a submissive guy held a door open for someone, or bought someone a drink and said, well, if you like it, you can play with me in some way, it would be a turnoff, right? So there was this thing for a little while where we'd go to a party and be like, oh, God, there's a sissy man here. You know, you're just waiting. And something would happen. It's kind of like that. And then I remember there's like two or three times where we'd go. And after we'd be like, the party was pretty good. Yeah. And like, good sissy made. Yeah, absolutely. Really good. Didn't, you know, awesome, really friendly. And it didn't impose whatever. Maybe you were one of them at these things, right? <laughs> it's making me think, I wonder if that was you or not. But you do mention that there are a lot who kind of make it them. Do you think that's just sort of a a nature of the outfit? Because the outfit can be kind of flamboyant. Is it just a nature of... I think it's the of, nature of the person. Right? I think each person kind of makes, you know, whatever their kink is. Right. However they want to make it. Yeah. And you could probably find a puppy who crawls up in a corner. And you find a puppy who's in your face and jumping around your, your lap, stuff. even right. if you don't want them right. to. I think sissy maids stand out so much because of the outfit and the sort of flamboyance in some ways that you notice it more yeah, probably you're right and uh and you know again all it takes is one or two and you and you think well i just don't want to put up with that yeah. and uh it's not you know it, it's not how i've chosen to do it and because it's not about the service then it's not, it's about me and yeah. believe me if somebody wants to spank me because i brought them a drink whatever that's totally fine and uh, certainly on the table, but nothing I would even bring up. I would imagine because it's a little bit in your face. Yeah, to do I would that. imagine though, because you take this, you 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 take this mentality when you when you're doing it, or the the fact that you uh, have decided to present yourself in that way and you think about it that way, that because there are some that do it negative, or not negatively, but they do it that might be unpleasant for other people, that just makes it even better for you that people are like holy crap really well know. but then you don't get invited to parties right you don't well, get that's true but people, I'm saying, I'm saying when, people, been... when people encounter, encounter you and have a really positive experience you know that's I mean I mean, obviously that's a really it's sort of like there was a time when for some reason I was able to date dominant women very easily and I think it's just because there were so for like for some reason oh you're good looking there was, well, there was, like, for some reason there was a certain the, the stars aligned in a certain way that Every dominant woman was going out with an asshole, you know, jerk. And so I just had to be half decent and I seemed like a, a huge catch, right? right? It's not that I was a huge catch. It was just the competition was so low. The bar was set so low that it was very, you know, uh, I just didn't have to ask to, you know, suck on their toes for five minutes and I had already won. And so I'm wondering if I, I, I'd be willing to wager that. If someone had, has had negative experiences in the past with other maids, that when they... If they're sort of willing to even sort of let you into their sphere. I mean, yeah. a lot of times because of if they've had a negative, and I'm not saying everyone has, but if they've had, then sometimes they're just, you know, if there's going to, oh, there's going to be a system made there, I'm not going to go. Or oh, there's a system made there, you know, at this party, I'm going to go somewhere else. Yeah. I don't want to give you know. I will say my outfit, my balls do not show. Right, okay. Uh, I'm fully pantied up. Right. And you know, to get through all the layers, there's you know the outerwear, there's the petticoat, there's right. the panties, there's the um, pantyhose in some cases. 
I mean, there's a lot of layers. Right, right. If you want to see my balls, you're going to have to work you got to want it, yeah. So it, I'm, you know, fully covered up. And the first outfit I have, I had, uh, I even, my arms were fully covered because of you know, arm hair and mm-hmm. chest sure, hair. So I am covered neck to wrist to fully all the way covered. Right. And then, you know, you throw on the wig and stuff and there's so little of me that actually right, sure. shows through. Right. Um, that I'm totally covered, but, and, you know, again, for me, it's about the service. So, you know, I've been fortunate in that, um, I've been able to serve some actually work sort of not work as in money, but serve as a maid mm-hmm. on a fairly consistent basis. And, uh, I've been able to do that, I don't know if I can say it, but at Pandora's Box. Mm-hmm. It's a dungeon in it's town. It's a pro dungeon in right. town. Um, and when I started doing that, which was years ago, I, I sort of approached them and said, you know, approached one of the managers and said, um, you know, I do this thing, but I'd really like to, you know, work or work is do whatever you need doing. Right. I'm a maid gear, and she said to me, "Well, okay, we've had bad experiences before, um, so but I'm willing to give you a try. But you really got to work if you're just going to flit around or make mistakes on purpose. Yeah, or make me right. try and get punished on purpose. Right. I'm going to throw you right out of here. Right. So, but if you're willing to do some work, I have work to do. You know, there's there's a lot of cleaning that needs to be done. There's you know there are a lot of chores that need to be done. Mm-hmm. I could really use you." But you really got to work. Right. So that was my introduction to them. And um, they were very nice. Now, again, it's not every manager. It's really I kind of get to know one manager. Yeah. And, and uh, she lets me come in and do my thing. But, again, that thing is, you know, you got to work. And if there's something to be cleaned up, maybe something unpleasant. Right. Uh, you're going to clean it up. Right. And uh, there's laundry to be done. There's mopping. There's cleaning toilets. I mean, it's it's not glamorous yeah. stuff here, but it's stuff that needs getting done. And because I've, uh, you know, kind of circling back to what you said before, I earned a certain reputation among them, that they've, you know, the manager, the doms, I think, except me, I, one th- I think, A, they get a kick out of it because mm-hmm. it sort of, adds to the in my belief anyway that adds to the kind of otherworldly nature that is a dungeon yeah I mean, pretty strange things happen in dungeons. sure yeah. and it should kind of be like that right. it should kind of be like the rabbit hole a yeah. little bit i like to think i add to that i do things that need getting done but i'm also not in like i say a cheap um halloweeny kind of costume where yeah. i'm fluttering around or simpering or something. they're doing work and they're consistently and um like you said you're not trying to make mistakes on purpose I'm, no because they did they throw me of right course out. yeah it's like we don't have time that's for that. very common then yeah if uh, you want a session you know do a session right but, and you know that's another funny thing i would say i was i had occasionally done sessions at pandora's box and or other places and you know, but there they make you fill out a questionnaire. What do you like to do? Yeah. So I filled out my questionnaire, and where it says "maid," "cross dressing," I I put down no interest in it. You know, I'm interested in bondage. This is before you got into it, or no? It was after. After I was oh. standing there, right, in a sissy maid dress, right. and they're like, "Well, you put down no interest. You're interested in all these other things, but you put down no interest in this thing that you're currently you're standing in." Right. I'm like, yeah, because when I'm a maid, I want to be a maid. If I do a session, you know, I don't want to do a sissy maid thing. In a session, I want to do, you know, what other things. Yeah. Um, because I don't really view it as now. A lot of a lot of guys do go for sessions, cross dress, sissy maid, whatever. It's mm-hmm. a, something pro doms offer. Yeah. Some of them. And guys go for that, and they spend an hour doing it, and they—that's great. Yeah, that's not what I do in a session. Right. So it was just this. they were all standing, looking at me, going, "As you're filling it what out, what the heck like, is going on?" I have on? no desire about. No, thank you. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. Right. No but, interest in that. That's I'm standing here like that. But for me, it's again more about the service. You know, uh, back on July 10th, 
of 2011, you 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 posted anyway an interview with Amanda Wildfire. Yeah, and she talked about this thing in such a perfect way that if I don't know if you go back and look at frequency of sessions, but uh, frequency of podcast listens, but that may be off the chart because I go back to that. All the time. Yeah, I don't really pay attention to that. Uh, I, I but. go back to all time because what she said, you were talking about um, the gear and pony play and puppy play. Yeah. And she said that she falls in love with the gear and what it does to someone. And she said something along the lines of, and I think it's great. I love the way she phrased it, that um, the pony play is role play that requires a lot of bondage oriented gear that just happens to be used for pony play. And then she said, kind of like cross dressing, it's a lot of bondage oriented gear that just happens to be used for cross dressing. And and that's sort of exactly kind of how I think about my experience as a maid. It's, you know, the, the, the dress, while it's not bondage, I mean, there's the shoes, there's all the, Sometimes I do wear corsets. Sometimes I do, you know, really get elaborate. Um, but just the clothes itself are a form of bondage in that you can't walk out in the world with it. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're restrained or tied up, but you sort of, the clothes kind of restrain you into kind of what you can do. Yeah. And uh, by the nature of the way I approach the service oriented, it's, you know, it's again, it's giving up the control. Um, in that way. So that's, you know, that's kind of how I think about it is, as in some ways the dress, the other stuff is gear. Right. That to me represents a form of bondage and control giving up. Unmobile. You know. Yeah. Right. And, um, and yeah, it does definitely impact your mobile your mobility. Yeah. And uh, so that's kind of, I think the psyche behind kind of why I like it. That's really interesting. Now, I'm curious about, and we've talked about a, a lot about um, how people should act around other types of people uh, if you're at a party or something. And uh, you had mentioned how there are sometimes you're at a party and there are, pe- there are certain groups of people who just freak out and just absolutely love what you're doing. And uh, other people are, you know, seem scared to death. Right. Um, so one group for, is much much smaller, right? Okay. Well, but I guess I guess this actually brings up two questions: is one, um, are there things that people who seem to really love uh, cross stitching maids at, uh, that they do that is maybe they should rethink that maybe there's something that they do when they approach someone that may be inappropriate that you really just don't have the opportunity to mention? Like, it, and on the flip side, well, let's t- I'll talk about that first. Like if someone goes comes up to you, should they? Should, they should. I know even though I I consider myself service oriented, if someone just I've had plenty of times when I've been at a party and just someone will just say slave, go get me a water. I'm like, yeah, oh, fuck yourself, go get your own goddamn water, you know, because in for me it's uh, it's about the person that I'm doing it for, not just because I'm doing it, but um. If someone's in the outfit, is it more safe for them to assume that you want to do things, or should they just never assume anyway? I, you know, I kind of wish they would assume it because I'd be so happy to do that. Right now, if they're like sissy, go get me. You know, I'm. I think a lot of sissies. I think, and I'm going to generalize here because I don't really know. I think they some of them want to be treated sort of harshly and sort of like oh slave or oh right. sissy. And uh, that's not how I like to. I like to, you know, as if you would treat a waitress in a, mm-hmm. in a restaurant. You know, you would treat them well, but you would expect them to do what you ask them to do. I yeah. mean, go get me some food or, you know, refill my water. You expect it to be done and you're not being nasty about it. Right. It's just kind of what the deal is. Yeah. And that's kind of how I like to be treated. Just tell me what you want me to do. And I, usually I'm really happy to do it because I'm service oriented. Yeah. And I'm thrilled to kind of be engaged in that way. So I really haven't had the experience where people, you know, are are saying nasty, like, go get me this. It's kind of a nasty way. And in the few times that that's happened, I really think it's because they think that's what I want. Like, so I give them a lot of latitude. I'm like, yes, mistress. Yes, sir. Happy to do it. 
because I, I really believe they're coming from a point of, well, that's how these people want to be treated. And I don't want to you know, then go, no, you know, treat me, you know. I'm just happy that they're engaging. And right. I really generally believe that they're, you know, coming from a part of, of goodness in their heart and the way that they're sort of engaging. Yeah. So I haven't had that happen a lot. You know, mostly it's been, you know, they appreciate the I've, if, if people are sort of interested in me. And again, very small group. It's sort of that they appreciate the effort. Yeah. That, you know, somebody's gone out of their way. To, you know, acquire the gear, get dressed up. Because I think, against mostly women, occasionally it's it's a guy. But, you know, I think women themselves put so much into it. They go out and get a nice dress yeah. or, and they fix themselves up. They do the makeup. I mean, they put effort into it. So I think if they find somebody else, especially a, you know, a guy, yeah. who's put some effort into yeah. it, I think that they're... You know, willing to kind of meet you more than halfway. Well, this brings up a question. So let's say uh, someone's at someone's at a party, and uh, uh, they're stand, you're standing there, and maybe you're standing there alone, uh, and they want to engage because they they don't want someone to feel alone, uh, but at the same time they don't want to indicate that they might want to play or anything like that. But they just want to come up and and talk. Um, like, what is a good thing to compliment someone on? Let's, well, let me put it another way. Uh, if you were at a party and someone was there, but they didn't have any real interest in like playing, um, but they did want to, you know, they did want to interact and they would want to talk and maybe they have some questions. And a lot of people I know are a little nervous about just asking questions in general, especially they don't know the thing, right? Mm-hmm. I know you personally would probably be more than happy just to talk, you know, to talk to them about whatever they have questions about. But obviously they don't know you until they know you. Right. But what is a good thing in general for someone to, when they're approaching a sissy maid, do you think is a good thing to just for casual conversation? Like, oh, wow, that's a great outfit. Is that like a good thing to say? That's yeah. a really good thing. Right. I was going to say, right. yeah, I love your dress. Right. Um, something you might even say to... A woman would be right. like, oh, I love your dress. Yeah. I love your shoes. Oh, I, you know, your hair is really nice. Right. Um, I love what you've done. I love this whole look. I mean, I'm willing to give people a lot of latitude. I right. mean, just, hi, right. I'm Janet or whatever. Right. I'm like, hi. Right. <laughs> and they can be like, I just want to say hi. I don't want to play. I'm like, okay. Right. You know, so I think it's, you know, really... Uh, hard and, and vulnerable for people to kind of put themselves out and come up and say hello to somebody. Yeah. So if somebody wants to talk to me, kind of almost unless they really want to be like, what are you, you know, really negative. Right. Like, what the hell is with you or something like that. Right. You know. That's how I introduce myself to everyone, <laughs> by the way. You know, I'm willing to hey, give, uh, what the hell is with you? You know, even like, hi, right. what's your name? Right. And, you know, uh, one of the outfits I have is a little apron that says, you know, Rosie. I bought, went to a uh, one of those shops that does, I can't think of the term, uh, you know, where they write things on fabric. Right. Yeah, there's a name for it. I'm sure. Just, um, yeah, the I'm fabric writing store. Right. right. I'm sorry. Right. I'm just no, it's okay. I'm spacing out on it at the moment. But, you know, I took the I took an apron and I said, right. oh, yeah, I'd like uh, – we're doing this funny thing for this guy at a bachelor party. And if you could uh, do this name on this right. uh, apron, that'd be really funny. Right. And then they're like, oh, yeah, sure. No problem. Like, yeah, we've like seven a, of these today. What, yeah. you know, then they're like, you know, well, what style type do you want? You know, it comes right. all these different type styles. I think I spent way too long <laughs> picking over the type styles for right. somebody who's just trying to do something funny at a bachelor right. party. But, um, I'm like, oh, I don't know. This right. looks pretty and this looks pretty. But I had them do that. So, you know, one of the outfits, one of the aprons has my name right on. Come up and say, hi, Rosie. Yeah. Um, or just hi or like your dress. Yeah. Or, oh, my God, you'll you're great. Even if I don't, but that's what you might say to a woman anyway. Sure. Or just anybody, really. Um, just, you know, just hi. So, well, one thing I, I think... Um, Maybe not so much like at a, at a small private party because a small private party is people who are specifically invited, obviously. Right. But, but at most, at, at a lot of kink events, I, I uh, have friends uh, who uh, are female and are both 
dominant and submissive. And they, a lot, don't want to approach uh, someone because they don't want to be misconstrued as being you know, interested in playing. They just want to be friendly. Sure. And it's understandable because in, in so many situations, someone will have an interaction that's just negative just because they said hi, right? Um, at public events, especially. Right. Um, so I think that may be one, like, it's probably one reason. Uh, I'm curious, do you, do you find that, you know, at a private event, it's going to be, a, it's, a, it's a completely different vibe than if it was a public one or? I think it, yeah, I generally think it would be um, just because people know each other right. and they know the host and they assume that the host has vetted the people. Right. So sure, I I believe that that it would be you know it's it's a it's a different vibe than right. just a plain old public space. Um, Why the name Rosie? That's an excellent question. Well, I think there you go. I got I got one in. I think uh, you actually interviewed. Did you interview Reagan Black? Yes, I think you did. She actually gave me the name, and it was at one of those labyrinth parties. Okay. And if it wasn't the first time, I think it may have even been that first time. And she was there and she said, what's your name? And I really kind of had thought of, uh, you know, maybe a, a different name. And she's like, you look like a Rosie. You look like Rosie <laughs> right. from, I think, the Jetsons, right? right. So um, she's like, you look like Rosie. I'm like, Sounds like Done. Reagan would nail immediately, yeah. right? So that's, that's, that's where it came that's from. That's great. That's great. And, uh, you know, I I would be so happy to, you know, I put out before on, say, Fat Life, and I made Rosie on Fat Life. Um, you know, I'd be happy to serve at, like, a party mm-hmm. or a ladies' tea. I've done some of those, and right. those are a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, people worry about, like we were talking before, will the sissy maybe more trouble than they're worth? Yeah. Well, but at least for me, I don't think i am well i would tend to agree now i'm curious so how often do you like if you were to cut and divide it into percentage like how often do you go out to an event and you're uh, wearing a maid outfit and how many times are you going out and you know in non-made you, you know non non-made outfit i guess you'd say or non-made yeah, mode i would say you know when i wasn't doing you know the regular service at the dungeon I would say maybe 20, 30% of the time. It gave me an opportunity to wear the outfit, sure. which I like to do. And um, it gave me, you know, again, we were talking about something to be once I was there. And it was fairly novel. Now that I kind of do it essentially once a week, every other week, I don't feel as great a need to mm-hmm. do it. So, and I, you know, I have this big interest in rope and, you know, other activities so if i wear the uh rosie i'm probably not going to do those other things it's unlikely to happen i think so more and more i just i kind of go out as a guy with a bag of rope and maybe a few other gear looking for people to play with sometimes my wife will come with me so in those instances you know just be as a guy um but i have so and i've i've been very fortunate in that in New York, there, you know, I've been able to serve at some ladies' tea at some of the fetish events, like Floating World. They do a big ladies, a big tea right. service that I'm able to service uh, service at. So, you know, that's kind of met the need. Right, you get the of scratch. Rose. Yeah, yeah. It scratches up sort of enough. Yeah. So I don't tend to, <clears throat> excuse me, go out and to fetish parties as Rosie as much. Right. But occasionally. And you know the the uh, the real adrenaline part of that, like it's all kind of adrenaline, and it's all kind of uh, dressed up as a way I shouldn't be at, a, at this thing. But the real adrenaline comes from that walk to, from the car that was to kind of, the right. to the event, because most of the times you know you have to arrive that way, right. and sometimes you can change, but mostly you arrive that way. And uh, when you're outside in public, public. Do you like to park as close as you can and then... Pretty much. And yeah. sometimes I do wear the big kind of... Uh, trench coat type Trench coat, right. right. The stock, the flasher trench coat. <laughs> right, I got one right, of those. Right. And uh, I do wear that sometimes. And sometimes, you know, I just kind of go for it. Yeah. And um, 
If you're in New York, I mean, you're in New York, so it's not like... That is true. I was at, at a fetish party not that long ago, and I had arranged, I mean, a dom had sort of said, I want to meet somebody from the dungeon, said, I want Rosie to be there, Yeah. and we're going to hang out at this. And, and then afterwards, she's like, well, let's go get some crepes. I think there's a crepe shop down there uh, where the fetish party was. And, she's, and I'm like, well, I can't, I can't go out like this. Like, yeah, can you with me? And it's New York and it's two in the morning or whatever it was. And we did. We just sort of went out and walked and went to this place and ordered and ate. How were they? Were they like, sure, whatever. You know, it's one or two in the morning yeah. in Lower Manhattan. Right. Kind of nobody even right. looked at me twice, I don't think. Or right. if they did, they didn't say anything. But, you know, it really helped to be with this with this dom. Yeah. And who was... Uh, you know, pretty no nonsense, right? And you know, pretty firm. Yeah, and wasn't gonna clearly wasn't gonna put up with anything right. with this person that she was leading, right? So uh, that was a lot of fun. It was a real kind of adrenaline being out in That's the great. open. Uh, but I don't do that, you know, too yeah, much. Sure. It's a little bit much for me, right? I will say, you know, I was at, uh, I went to the gay, New York Gay Men's Chorus for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Which, if you haven't been to, you got to go. It's fantastic. I mean, these these guys really sing. And yeah, the program is just amazing. So next year, I definitely recommend that. But um, some of the there were sissy maids there. They'd all come together. There were some of the more public sissy maids that are around New York City, mm-hmm. and it was really interesting the way the crowd sort of reacted. I was with Vanilla Friends, so I didn't engage with them too much, right. but. You know, a lot of people were kind of like, look at look at that, just see that, what's going on? And other people, and again, I don't know if it's if it's I don't know if it's New York. I don't know if it's because it's the gay men's thing. It was you know the crowd was right. sort of a little bit more liberal, but people I think engaged with them in a really positive way. Yeah. You were in probably one of the safer places possible for them to be, though. Again, New York City, gay men's course. I would think. I can't imagine. I think this group a, a, something in Dayton would. Well, been, this well, it's in New York, but right, I, yeah. this group, I will say, that there are some of them that, and I could mention names, but I'm not comfortable yeah. mentioning names. But they are comfortable sort of traveling the world like this. Yeah, and they're out there all the time. Yeah. And I think they've had a lot of very positive experiences with the crowd because of their attitude. I'm sure. I'm sure they're so comfortable with themselves. And they're so upbeat about it that it's kind of infectious. Yeah. I think if you're, you know, nervous, if you're, um, you, you have know, ill not, intentions or something, well, then not you, confident, right? And if you're clearly uncomfortable, then I think it's easier for other people to be either uncomfortable, yeah, or feel like they can be aggressive. That's true. But this group. To their credit, I mean, are just so upbeat and positive and happy and clearly enjoying themselves yeah. that I think it's infectious. I and get, I think yeah. mostly, I mean, I can't, I'm not with them 24 7, so I don't know. Yeah. But from my interaction with what I've seen, that they get a lot more positive yeah. than, uh, than not just because of the way they flaunt it and wear it. Of course, yeah. And, uh, I don't think I aspire to be that kind of 24-7 and out quite that way, but I do aspire to have that sort of confidence. Yeah, and be more comfortable. I mean, it would be great yeah. if you could if you if you didn't feel so bad about, you know, going out from the car to the event. But I think, I mean, that's sort of the world we live in. I don't think that's be, that's so much about you. It's sort well, it's, of, you know, it's a vulnerable position. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, something out of the norm. Mm-hmm. And um, people make assumptions that somebody wearing sissy made you know, are they gay? Not that there's anything wrong with that, right. but there is a certain of course. group of people that don't like that. Of course. And can and sometimes feel entitled to be aggressive about yeah. that. And I, I really can't speak for other sissy men. I mean, I'm not gay. Um, totally like women. And in some ways, for me, it's the outfit is a way to be close to women's clothes. Yeah, sure. Which, if a woman's not in them, which is the ideal. Right. Then at least I can be, including yeah. the high heels, which uh, which are sexy on women and 
less sexy on me, but still. You still get, you know, you still get something out of it. That's great, though. Yeah. So this has been really, this has been really fun. I'm really glad that you, we did this. It, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you'd like to cover? Or yeah, so uh, you know, certainly, listen, I, I encourage people to friend me on friend me on FetLife. We'll have a link uh, to your FetLife profile so they can say hi, ask you questions, or just say, "Hey, great dress." That would be great. I'm so happy to answer any questions and just to engage with people. Anybody wants to be a serve an event, really serve, I'm totally up for that if I can fit it in. And um, and if anybody wants to play with rope, just play with rope. Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to get anybody in bed. I'm not right. trying to assault anybody. You just like rope. Set the boundaries sure. and I will more than stick to them right. because, you know, I'm just in this to have fun and to play. And my feeling is, you know, if, if you're somebody – you're a good play partner people want to play with you and if you're a jerk then they won't yeah and what good is that agree so uh if anybody either wants a rope top or rope bottom totally up for that and uh listen thank you very much i really appreciate you giving the opportunity giving me the opportunity to kind of get the at least one point of this i really appreciate it because i've had a lot of people email and say hey when are you going to get a sissy made on or when are you going to talk about this and and, you know, of course, I mean, I'd love to talk about it, but I didn't, I couldn't speak from personal experience. So it only works if I have someone who has experience doing it. And I really appreciate you taking the time and putting yourself out there because, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, uh, it, there's a certain kind of bravery to, to talk so openly about it. And I really appreciate it. So, well, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. There you have it. And I uh, hope you have a good new year. And we'll talk to you later. Bye bye.